0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Breaking Ground, Eisner Amper's podcast focused on the real estate market. I'm Avi Jacob, Compliance Tax Manager in Eisner Amper's Real Estate Service Group, and I'm joined today by Terry Johnson, who partners with Eisner Amper on our cost segregation and energy programs. We're continuing our series on cost segregation by discussing the real property trader business.
1: Today, we're going to explore the advantages and disadvantages of officially being classified a real property trade or business and how this status can influence the timing of important financial elections. Plus, we'll delve into the impact of qualified improvement property, better known as QIP, on a real property trader business. So Avi, let's get started. Can you tell us how is a real property trader business defined for our purposes today?
0: Absolutely. So including the Tax Cut and Jobs Act, better known as the TCJA from 2017, there was an amendment made to the IRC for 163J. And that amendment allowed for real property development, construction, acquisition, rental businesses to check a box on Schedule B, question 23 of the 1065, which is on page three, to check the box and basically classify themselves as a real property trader business and by doing that they're able to you know forego the interest limitations of 163j so you know any different type of real property trader business which is you know all the items that i mentioned before they would be able to make this election and you know by doing so they would be able to forego that interest expense the reason why this is important for many of our clients is because you know, with the old rulings for IRC 163J, our clients were losing out on that highly leveraged property and the interest involved because they were getting limited on how much interest they were able to take.
1: Avi, can you just talk to us about any disadvantages of being an official real property trader
0: business? Absolutely. So while you do get those benefits I mentioned earlier for that interest limitation from the 163J, one of the disadvantages is that you now have to use longer depreciable lives for real property because you're gonna have to switch over from GDS lives to the ADS lives. And you know, when the act was in initially introduced, the big question was regarding residential properties, because the way how the TCJA, the Tax Cut and Jobs Act, mapped it out, it basically required all properties placed in service before 1-1 2018 to be treated as 40 year ADS. And you know that's not normal with the um, with the residential properties because according to the actual IRCs, you know residential property under ADS would be 30 years. So there was clearly some error or mistake within the TCJA and in the initial year that was something that a lot of our you know clients had to consider does it make sense to go from 27 and a half year all the way to 40 year whereas With the 39-year of the non-residential property, those commercial properties, it was less of a disadvantage to make the election at the time. So in 2020, in December of 2020, there was another act that came out called the Consolidated Appropriations Act. And in that act, they actually fixed the residential property issue and they turned it back to the 30-year treatment. Um, So that was very important. And, you know, a lot of our clients then had less of a – question of whether or not to adopt this real property trader business because they were able to go to 30 year from the 27 and a half year not such a big difference over over the over the time of the asset, the useful life of the asset whereas and the commercial properties didn't have as much of an issue because you know from 39 years to 40 years. so all seemed great. now where it became again another disadvantage was when the cares act came out in 2022, While the 30-year was fixed and the 40-year was fixed, they now did a technical correction to the QIP. So QIP is a qualified improvement property, and it's only eligible for commercial properties. So it doesn't affect the residential properties. But now going back to the commercial property, we have to think about whether or not to make this election and the timing of when to make the election. So what happened was in the technical correction, while QIP was classified under GDS life at 15 year property, making it eligible for bonus depreciation, QIP would now be considered 20 year property ADS life if you are a real property trader business. And you know 20 year ADS property is not eligible for bonus depreciation. So now instead of having the question for the residential properties, like we did at the beginning when this was first introduced, in the uh, Tax Cut and Jobs Act, now we're seeing with our commercial clients, our non-residential properties, now there's the, you know, consideration that needs to be taken into account. So it's, it's interesting how it's kind of flip-flopped, but we still have some questions as to whether or not it makes sense to do that election and when to do that election.
1: So, Avi, mean, what do you see the impact of QIP on, on, these, on the real property trader business
0: yeah. So like I was saying before, now with the QIP, the real property trader business has to be treated as 20-year ADS. And our clients are no longer going to be eligible for bonus depreciation on that you know, QIP property. So this would definitely impact the timing of when to do the elections.
1: Yeah. And I mean, it's a big decision in some cases, I would think. Yeah. So how, how does that, that status impact the timing of elections?
0: So given this, you know, our clients need to carefully evaluate the timing of the election, especially if they're planning large renovation projects or they have big tenant improvements coming into into play for non-residential properties. So for example, if we have a client that knows they're going to be doing a $15 million renovation But their interest expense is really only a million dollars each year because they bought a a relatively normal size property, but they know they have to do substantial upgrades in order to bring it ready for the the tenants that they want to attract into those properties. For example, we had a building out in San Francisco that we evaluated and the client wanted to do significant upgrades to it because in that market, you need to be at a certain level of you know, technology in order to attract the the right type of tenants to pay the rental, it makes sense to kind of wait and not make that election in that first year, but rather, you know, forego some of that interest expense while you're still already in a lost position and kind of make that election later on after you've already taken some advantage of the QIP from a bonus perspective and kind of make that election afterwards. You don't have to go back and correct it. So, you know, if you know there's a large planning, you know, planning is everything. If you know there's a large renovation coming down the pipeline in the early years of the asset, you have to evaluate what your tax preparers with, with our team, we kind of look at what are the, you know, what are the limitations on that interest and how do you evaluate the limitations of the interest versus the amount of QIP that they're going to be foregoing in terms of bonus depreciation. You know, QIP is great and it allows you to take a lot of assets that would normally be structural in some capacity or would be considered, you know, real property. And it allows you to basically move them into an accelerated bucket. So either way, you're still ahead of the game with the new change in the CARES Act. It's just a matter of do we need the bonus depreciation? Do we want the bonus depreciation? Or do we want to just make the election now, avoid that interest limitation, and get all that interest expense as well? You know, we want to evaluate the QIP aspect along with the interest to see if that interest limitation is something that's going to negatively impact us, and whether or not that election makes sense at this time, or whether we should forego the election and wait a couple of years before we actually make the election. So with that, thank you all for listening to this episode of Breaking Ground as part of the Eisner Hamper podcast series and we look forward to covering additional topics on future episodes.